There is a much better place to turn for wisdom than your horoscope. Here's Pastor Ed Taylor with what that is. You wake up in the morning, you want to know what your horoscope is. Your horoscope is nonsense. They just roll <laughs> dice and figure, oh, you're, you're going to be an angry person today, you know, and the stars are lining up. And listen, if you're seeking the horoscopes more than you're seeking the Lord, just line your life up, not with the stars, but with the Word of God. Don't get caught up in it. Yeah, but the horoscope's so right. Come on now. Just don't do it. Yeah, you can't tell me what to do. All right. Don't do it. <laughs> seek the Lord. Take that five minutes and open up and just seek the Lord. Get, you want wisdom? What are you going to have for today? Read a proverb a day. This is amazing grace. This is Maybe you've noticed there's a fascination with the dark side in our world today. Many are dabbling in the demonic realm, thinking it's no big deal. But the truth is, it is a big deal, and we're not to mess with it. Today on Abounding Grace, we'll notice that King Saul goes to a witch for wisdom. And Pastor Ed Taylor will encourage us to learn from his mistake. We'll be in 1 Samuel 28. You've got to understand, your, your life may not affect you know, the entire church, but it does. You go, well, you know, I'm just, I'm new to the church my second week, and what is my sin? You know, your sin defiles the church. It defiles this church, and if you decide, well, I don't like you guys, I'm going to go to that church, well, you're just going to take your dirty self with you, and you're going to defile that church. Well, I don't like church anymore, I'm just going to have church in my house. Well, it's going to be one dirty church. <laughs> it's just you, yourself, and I. I mean, that's not good. You know, when one part of the body suffers, we all suffer. When, you, when you, you have a significant effect upon the body, now, of course, different people have different effects, but listen, God is intervening because he's very gracious and he loves people. And so remember that you, faced with whatever decisions you have to face, it's the people that closest to you are going to pay the price for your sin. You're not an island unto yourself. You can't just decide, well, I'm going to do my own thing. And, you know, because we, have, we live in a society with a philosophy, well, you know, I'm not hurting anybody. That's because you haven't talked to the people you're hurting. What do you mean you're not hurting anyone? Well, it's just it's between me. I could do whatever. Yeah, but your life is interconnected. It's not just you. You matter. You're important. You have a family. You have neighbors. Well, you know, it's just between, it's just me. I'm not hurting anybody. I'm the only one going to jail. Yeah, but your neighbors have to be up every night. The cops are showing up. And they're waking up. They got to go to work. And so now they can't go to sleep. They go to work. They fall asleep on the job. They lose their hand because it went into machinery because you had the cops called. <laughs> like, you don't know that. You don't know that. We have, on many occasions, ministered to the parents of adult kids that have been thrown in jail not too long ago. Sweet mom. I haven't seen her in a while, but I, I had a sense she'd be back because we had received word that her, that her son is in trouble again. 
as he has been on many occasions. And we've been ministering to him and loving on him. And it's just been a pattern in his life. You go through those seasons of just great fruitfulness. And then, man, it just gets worse every single time. And so we had received word again that he's back in jail. And, and it's a serious situation. And, and, you know, I don't know what he sees, but we have, you know, his mom in tears again. And, and then when his mom is in tears, then whoever sees her starts being brokenhearted. And like your life matters. If you're a spiritual leader, you're a pastor listening in right now, listen, if for the very simple fact that your life affects your own church, stay right with the Lord. Stay humble, broken, and reusable. Those of you that are parents, your decisions affect your kids. Don't be deceived. Don't think it's going to be fine. Don't think, oh, it's not going to be that big a deal because you know what happened to me and I turned out well. Your kids are not you. And you forgot how hard it was on your dad when mom left. And you must have forgotten how hard it was on your mom when your dad left. Or all the intricacies that we could describe. Things are going to change with you because you have a walk with the Lord. And even in those times when you can't hear from heaven, that's not permission to go seeking after the witches. It's just a reminder that life, you need to get right with the Lord. He'll speak. Because we can find just as many promises where you could call on me and I will answer when you call. That anything you ask in my name, I will give you. But you have to be in his name. That's not just some, some mantra, you know, I'll just say, I, I want a million dollars in Jesus' name. You know, that's created a whole new false teaching in the church today. No, no, when you're in his name, you're in him. And you'll be asking things that he inspires in your heart, not for yourself. Saul's a warning here. How far will you go from the Lord before it's too late? And Saul's going to hear the truth, but he could have repented and heard anyways, not have to go this way. Verse 15, Samuel said to Saul, why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? And Saul answered, I'm deeply distressed for the Philistines make war against me. And God has departed from me and does not answer me anymore, neither by prophets nor by dreams. Therefore, I've called you and you may reveal to me what I should do. And Samuel said, well, why then do you ask me seeing the Lord has departed from you and has become your enemy? And the Lord has done for himself as he spoke by me. For the Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor, namely David. None of this is new to him. He already knew this. Because you did not obey the voice of the Lord, nor execute his fierce wrath upon Amalek. Therefore, the Lord has done this thing to you this day. Moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel with you into the hand of the Philistines. And tomorrow, you and your sons will be with me. The Lord will also deliver the army of Israel into the hand of the Philistines. You're going to die. And your kids. Your life matters, Saul. And your disobedience is going to hurt the nation and you're going to lose your life and so are your kids. What should I do, Samuel? And Samuel's answer was very simple. You'll be caught. It's over. You and your sons are going to die. Now, this is one of the most popular Bible difficulty questions that comes up. Well, anytime around March of the year because that's when people are reading through the Bible and they get to about 1 Samuel and go, whoa, wait, wait a minute. What's going on here? Saul went to a witch and he called, she called up Samuel and 
wait a minute, what's going on? And here's the question. How could God allow the witch of Endor to raise Samuel from the dead when witchcraft is strictly forbidden in the scriptures? That's usually how the question, how, what is this? What is this all about? Well, let me give you some options. Number one, some believe the witch actually did bring Samuel back from the dead. And they'll cite passages indicating that demons have the power to perform miracles. But the objections to this view include the fact that death is final, the dead cannot return, and because there's a great gulf fixed by God, and the demons cannot usurp God's authority over life and death. So some believe that the witch herself had the power to bring Samuel back from the dead. Secondly, another option is some believe that the witch faked it, that this was just uh, trickery by this particular woman. And the support by this is the reference how demons can deceive people as they try to contact the dead and by the contention that demons sometimes will utter what is true. Uh, But the objections say that the fact that this passage seems to say, like verse 15, Samuel said. And so just by the fact of the scripture, um, this was obviously Samuel. So number one, a witch did it. Number two, it was a fakery. But the third option, and this is the one I side with, is that is the witch didn't do it at all. But God himself intervened and used Samuel, who isn't really dead. He's alive. He just translated out of his body. Remember, he's God is the God of the living, not the dead. So God, he oversees all those that have translated from this life to the next, right? Absent from the body for believers is what? Present with the Lord. So the third view is this. The witch didn't do it at all, but God himself intervened and rebuked Saul through Samuel. The witch didn't do it. And here are the background. You might need to get the the study offline to to, um, jot these all down, but listen. Number one, Samuel seemed to actually return from the dead. We see that. Number two, neither humans nor demons have the power to bring people back from the dead. Only God has power over life and death. Thirdly, the witch herself seemed to be surprised by the appearance of Samuel from the dead. If you'll notice in verse 2, when Samuel, when woman saw Samuel, she cried out. She freaked out. So she's tripping out on this. When it's like, wow, everything she's faked her whole life, God's showing her, putting her in her place as well. You've got to love God. He's, uh, he's got a tremendous sense of humor. Do you have somebody in your life that makes you laugh all the time? God gave that to them. Because he likes to make us laugh too and just trip out on things. Like, whoa. So fourthly, there's a direct condemnation of witchcraft in this passage, right? In verse 9, even the woman knows that there is a life sentence on mediums and spiritists. Also, uh, fifthly, God sometimes speaks in unsuspecting places. God can do a lot of different things. Remember, God spoke to Balaam through his donkey. Also, the Bible says that God can speak through stones if he wants to. Next, the miracle was not performed through the witch, but in spite of her. And Samuel actually really appears from the dead, rebukes Saul, and utters a true prophecy. There is, this is happening in the Old Testament, but we'll see in the New Testament, when Jesus is up on the Mount of Transfiguration, we also have those that are still alive appearing with him, Moses being one of them. So what's God doing here but the pattern of this chapter now, I titled this message, Saul Goes to a Witch for Wisdom or something like that. But I could also have titled this message, God Intervenes. God intervenes. And that's what he's doing here. Sending Samuel. Dispatching Samuel to Saul. I think if Saul would have been seeking Samuel out in the wilderness, 
God could have sent Samuel to him with a message. And I want to give special thanks uh, to Norm Geisler because this is an article from the book When Critics Ask. And that's a great, it's not in print anymore, but you can get one used. Uh, it's one of the best Bible difficulty books that's out there. I use it all the time. So I was taking that directly from one of the articles that he wrote. Now, witches and mediums are real. They're not fake. The demonic realm is real. And I don't believe mediums can call up the dead. I think it's all trickery and, you know, manipulation and, you know, suggestion. If you listen to these guys or these gals when they're doing things, I, I don't have cable anymore, but I don't know how I, I, um, I was flipping through. I don't know how, even how I found it. I don't even have cable. What's she doing on my TV? I don't even know. But it's this Long Island something. What? I don't even know what to say. Just absolute. I'm not going to say it. Just I am going to say it's stupid. It's just stupid. <laughs> and she is really good with leading someone to say what she can then turn back. And, you know, I'm, I feel I'm just getting a color blue. Does blue mean anything to you? No, blue doesn't mean anything, but pink does. Yeah, it was pink. It was pink. <laughs> it was pink. And, and uh, you know, and, and it's just like, are you kidding me? It's nonsense. And yet, I also believe that someone like her is dabbling in the demonic realm. That the things she's seeing are demonic. That, that she's dealing with demons. Demons can even make themselves, oh, well, there's a beautiful angel. Well, the Bible says demons can make themselves angels of light. And it's just all manipulation, even moving through the demonic realm. And, and, and I believe it's all real. Don't mess with it. Don't call her up. Don't go on her show. You know, if Oprah says, come on, we're going to find your past. Listen, listen. Don't do it. <laughs> you, don't need, you don't need my opinion. The Bible says stay away from it. The demonic realm is real. You dabble in this stuff. I mean, even you wake up in the morning, you want to know what your horoscope is. Your horoscope is nonsense. They just roll <laughs> dice and figure, oh, you're, you're going to be an angry person today, you know, and the stars are lining up. And listen, if you're seeking the horoscopes more than you're seeking the Lord... Get to know chapter 28, okay? Just, just find out what the Lord has for you today. Just line your life up, not with the stars, but with the word of God. Don't get caught up in it. Yeah, but the horoscope's so right. Come on now. Just don't do it. Yeah, you can't tell me what to do. All right. Don't do it. Seek the Lord. Take that five minutes and open up and just seek the Lord. Get, you want wisdom for what you're going to have for today? Read a proverb a day. And just set that aside. Yeah, but I like the Long Island lady. No, no, no. Don't, you don't need to type. Don't clap. Just do it. Because the people that are doing their horoscope aren't clapping, man. They're like, I don't like you, pastor. You don't have to like me. Just don't do it. Don't do it because it's ruining your ability to hear from the Lord. God did not write that. I don't even know where you find it anymore. Maybe you get it in the unsubscribe. Well, I get it on a text. Well, delete the app. And have a text. Get a scripture sent to you every day. Get a devotional that's going to speak the word of God to you. Don't go to a witch. Don't go to a medium. Don't watch these dumb shows. They're just dumb. I can't even believe. I don't even know why I was on my TV. Can somebody tell me why I was on my TV? I don't know. Just for the sake of this illustration. I wanted to throw something at the TV, but then what would that do? It's like, what are you doing taking advantage of unsuspecting people? Trying to tell them about what their mom and dad might say from behind the grave and oh man 
Don't do that. You seek your comfort in the comfort of the Lord. The Bible says that God is the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation. And if you have a loved one that's passed on, then just know that God is going to deal with them lovingly and righteously. Just know that that was, the Bible says, that uh, when it comes to a, a departed loved one, that our times, those days, are already fashioned for us. Psalm 139. It's already taken care of. You don't need someone to, you know, maybe it's un, even a, something that's unresolved. Because a lot of these are preying on these unresolved things that might happen from the past. And, and even if it's unresolved, you just commit those unresolved things to the Lord and you trust God with the pain and the problems of your life. Because if you don't, you're going to be vulnerable and you're going to find yourself seeking out a witch. And I'll tell you what, even if you seek out a witch, God's going to rebuke you. God's going to bring there. He's going to give you what you asked for. But what you really asked for is the truth. And the truth is you shouldn't be with this witch. Be careful. It's a whole different Bible study altogether. But notice in verse 20. Then immediately Saul fell full length on the ground and was dreadfully afraid because of the words of Samuel. And there was no strength in him. He hadn't eaten no food or all day or night. And the woman came to Saul and Saul he was severely troubled and said to him, Look, your maidservant has obeyed your voice and I put my life in your hands and heeded the words which you spoke to me. Now therefore, please... Heed also the, word, the voice of your maidservant and let me set a piece of bread before you and eat that you may have strength when you go on your way. But he refused and said, I will not eat. But his servants together with the woman urged him and he heeded their voice. So he arose from the ground and sat on the bed and the woman had a fattened calf in the house and she hastened to kill it and she took flour and kneaded it and baked leavened bread from it. So she brought it before, the, before Saul and his servants and they ate and they rose and they went away that night. He felt helpless. He wanted help from the Lord, albeit through a witch, and he received an answer that he really didn't want. And the witch even jumps in and tries to help him. But as he's done foolishly before, he's tried, he tried to play the man and appear the hero, even though he finally gives in and he eats. And I, I think at the end of this chapter, um, we can't help but feel a little bit sorry for Saul or people that we can associate in our lives that are similar to this. And yet at the same time, we have to acknowledge that he brought this situation upon himself. There's not much we can do for people that bring things upon themselves except help them navigate through the consequences of their bad decisions. But I have been around long enough in the ministry that God can help you navigate through the consequences of your bad decisions. And he can help you not repeat them again. But you've got to be able to receive counsel from the Lord. And if you're in a place like this that's so bad and you come to a pastor for help, and the pastor gives you, or a friend, or, you know, I, I look at the pastor, but a friend or some godly person in your life, and they tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear, you've got to be ready to receive it. God will work, it, work things out. I mean, consequences will be painful. They'll be very hard. I had a very, very difficult conversation with a pastor from another state today talking about a brother that used to come to church here that's gotten himself into a deep mess. And even as he and I were both talking, in our estimation, I don't know how, I know God's going to work through this. Just neither one of us can. We don't know how. This is a hard one. It's a bad one. It's a very difficult one. And we both very much love the brother. And, and I just hope that the Lord can just intervene and help this brother get through this and situation with his family. It's very, very hard. But we do know that God forgives sin. 
We do know that God sent Jesus Christ to redeem us from our own sinful selves. I do know that God can intervene and save us from ourselves. I do know that he can lift the veil of self-deception. I know that he can do things very quickly. I know, I know, and I've seen it, I've experienced it, that God is faithful even when we're faithless. But listen, you don't have to go the way of King Saul. You can obey the Lord. See, if King King Saul would have obeyed the Lord, he wouldn't have lost his kingdom. Had he obeyed the Lord and stopped pursuing David and invested his life and in developing his army and leading them as king, he would have been better equipped to meet the Philistines and Jezreel. But in spite of all the blessings God gave to Saul and all the opportunities to grow spiritually, Saul was unprepared to lead, unprepared to fight, and we'll see in in chapter 29, unprepared to die. And in our lives, we want to be prepared to lead, prepared to fight, and prepared to die. Prepared to meet our maker in a way by faith that God would know and we would know and have the assurance of our salvation of following him. So another sad chapter, but sad for someone else. It doesn't have to be sad for us. We can learn from a, you know how the the phrase is you can learn by example? It it doesn't have to be yours. (laughs) It could be somebody else's. You can learn by experience. It doesn't have to be yours. It could be someone else's. Let King Saul be a warning to us all. Let's do what's right. And you have a decision before you right now? Do what's right. Do what's right. Something under your control? Do what's right. Obey the Lord. Watch him do great and mighty things. You're listening to Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace. And Ed, a question comes to mind springing from the study in 1 Samuel 28. We learned today that witchcraft is clearly forbidden by God. And maybe you've noticed there are quite a number of movies and games out there today that feature demons and occult. What would your counsel be to those listening right now that may have been watching those types of movies or playing those games? You know, Larry, the occult and witchcraft and the demonic realm loves to show up in our modern-day culture and our modern-day media, whether it's movies or music or YouTube or video games, board games, and the, I believe that the devil, his intention is to make it seem attractive and to make it seem okay and acceptable. But you know, dabbling in these things always comes with a cost. The Bible tells us to stay away from these things, to keep ourselves pure, to, in the book of Romans, it tells us to stay innocent in those things that are evil and excellent in those things that are good. So if you found yourself participating in this kind of stuff, whether you're an adult or even a young person, you know, maybe in high school, junior high, is to stop and to ask God to cleanse your mind. You know, unfortunately, when I was uh, unsaved, you know, I watched a lot of stuff and I, I read a lot of Stephen King novels. And, and this, we're talking teenager, I was a kid, and some of those images still flash back in my mind. And the enemy uses them against us against me and, and against us. If we present ourselves to evil, the Bible is true. Uh, in every word, the Bible is true. And, and we're reminded that if we sow to the flesh, we're going to reap corruption. You know, every seed that's planted in this kind of stuff is going to spring up. But if we sow to the Spirit, walking and abiding in Jesus Christ, then we're going to reap everlasting life, abundant life, an exceptional life. So be careful, guys. Make your choices wisely as unto the Lord. You don't need a pastor to tell you what movies to watch, what music to listen to, and I'm not going to stand in the gap of the Holy Spirit for that. But I know as a believer, when you present your things to the Lord, you, you ask God in prayer for permission. He'll either give it or he won't give it. 
follow him. Stay close to him. Thanks, Ed. Are you interested in a CD copy of this message? We can send that your way for $2 if you call toll-free 877-30-GRACE. Again, that's 877-304-7223. For instant access, look for the studies online at calvaryaurora.org. Another way to listen to Ed's teachings is through the Calvary Aurora app. Search for Calvary Aurora. And while you're at it, download the Grace FM Colorado app. This is a great way to grow on the go. Wouldn't you like to experience revival and power in your life? Well, we picked out an excellent book this month that can help you get on that road. It's The Calvary Road by Roy Hessian. This classic book has helped millions experience personal revival with Jesus Christ. When you give a donation of $25 or more to Abounding Grace, you're invited to request a copy of The Calvary Road. Give us a call at 877-30-GRACE or make a secure donation online at calvaryaurora.org. And those that prefer to write, here's our mailing address, Abounding Grace, Post Office Box 460-598, Aurora, Colorado, 80046. Glad you've taken time out for our study in the Word. Join Pastor Ed Taylor all week long as we continue to learn how to live by God's abounding grace. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Chapel, Aurora. 